0: to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message. God loves people so much and sometimes we forget. We forget what we carry and we buy into the religious mindset that if I climb this ladder or if I can get these keys or if I could get to this point in my spirituality, then I could do something. And it's a lie, it's a lie, Uh, buying into your own pride that wants to be able to achieve something, to be able to earn something, to be able to be qualified. Yet qualification in the Spirit only comes by faith in the only one that was qualified, by faith in the reality that I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me and he is fully qualified. (laughs) <laughs> to do every good thing, to do great works, and it's amazing. I had I was reminded of a um of a lady, um I'm, I had the opportunity of ministering to in Newcastle a few years ago, and um we had done a series of meetings, several nights meetings, and um she this lady had hung around up the back, but she didn't want to come close she didn't want to come up to the front and I didn't know uh, what her situation was there was it was a larger crowd and but finally on the last night she came forward and um, came forward for salvation and I had the opportunity to minister to her and the Holy Spirit just set her free there was obviously a big deliverance going on and and it was just such a privilege to see her receive Christ into her life and be set free but I found out um, the next week she wrote me a letter and it was one of the most precious letters that I think I've ever received. This lady was had been a prostitute and a heroin addict um, and she'd been on the streets since she was ten. Her mother was a prostitute and um, she, she had, you know, she was in her probably late thirties by the time I had the opportunity to minister to her. And, She said she woke up the next morning and went to have a cigarette and she choked on the cigarette. She just couldn't have it. She just didn't have a taste for it. And and she hadn't had any heroin, had no shakes, nothing. And so she rang her suppliers up and said, stay away from me. I've become a new person. God's come into my life. I am born again. And um, then she went out and she met another heroin addict and just told what had happened to her. She said, you'll not believe this. Last night, I gave my heart to the Lord and he has set me free. Look at me. I don't even have any shakes. I haven't haven't touched the stuff. I am free. And the the guy looked at her. He was with his girlfriend. And he looked at her and he said, oh, you know, I'd believe that if if God would heal my stomach. Uh, Because he had stomach issues from his drug addiction, I guess. And... So she said, oh, well, I'll just pray for you. She hadn't been saved 24 hours yet, you know. And so right there in the street, she just laid hands on his belly and he got slain in the spirit on the street and fell out in the bushes. (laughs) And when he got up, he was just speechless. He reached into his pocket, he pulled out $300, gave it to his girlfriend, gave her $500 and said, that's what I would have spent on heroin this week. I'm not going to need it now amazing and then she wrote me this letter and it was so beautiful she's like hi Uh, chicky and she says you know what I didn't think God would want someone like me but she says I love yummy daddy time now too (laughs) and she says and I'm going to enter God's healing ministry now and I just (laughs) just my heart went oh God it's so beautiful Because, you know, we can, in Western society, we have a scholastic view of Christianity. Like, if I do this degree, then I will have this qualification, and then I can do this. It doesn't work that way in the kingdom. God actually delights to give it to the little children. To the weak and foolish things of the world. I've been to Bible college, but I tell you, the Bible college didn't qualify me to heal the sick. I'm not against study, but I believe that. Um, but the Holy Spirit is one. He is against pride, that thinks you can earn anything. Hallelujah! He wants you just to humble yourself and believe. Amen. Yeah. And it is it is such a joy uh, to actually see the Holy Spirit. We get so we get so high on letting the Holy Spirit flow through us. There is no joy like doing what you were created to do and that, that you don't have to be in fivefold ministry to do that and that's the that's a really big thing you know sometimes we get so caught up in our little christian bubble that we forget the whole purpose of it all god is wanting to readjust our sight i spoke about sight yesterday he's wanting to readjust our vision so that we actually start to see with the with the lens that's raw and real, and just read it like it is, and and have it, and just believe it. You know, um, I I travel with these guys uh, quite a bit, and you know, with others, and we often have a team with us. And you know, I, I I um I'll be we'll be eating, and or with some of our others, Samuel is with us from Brisbane. He's um he's living in Melbourne now, but. You know, you, you could be having lunch and then suddenly someone's off and running and they're chasing someone on crutches and it's like the first one to get there. It's because cause they know as such as I have, I want to give. But it's not about the exploits, it's about the people. And, and that's the thing is, you know, we're not called to preach the, the word with persuasive words of men's wisdom to argue them into the kingdom, but to demonstrate love. And true love never fails. And that's the glorious thing, whether people get healed or they don't. If you reach out and you love somebody and you just go to pray for them, whether they get healed or not, if you are moving in genuine love, they are going to feel it. They're going to experience it and it will not fail. People sometimes get so afraid, what if my word of knowledge is not right? What if, my, what if the, you know, the miracle doesn't happen? If they've experienced love, you haven't failed because they've experienced God. And and the, and and God, when He begins to touch and heart, move their hearts. Oh, seriously! I know myself when I experience love. I'm done. I'm like, oh, He gets me. And 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 this happens. We get to be Christ to people by loving on them. I had um, I had a, a time in my life a few years back, and um, one of my children. Uh, got involved with with a guy and and it was just it was a disaster um for for us as a family. It was just not supposed to happen to us, you know? And she ran away from home. And I I was devastated, just devastated. And I was gonna give up ministry. I thought I must be a bad mother, I mean all all of these thinking. And and then I had Job's friends around me that would try and, you know, stick it in you yeah you must have sacrificed them on the altar of ministry and blah, blah. Oh, I thank you for your encouragement dear. as if i didn't already have enough belting up of myself at 3 a.m in the morning trying to work out what did i do wrong where did we go wrong what happened god and it was devastating but i would go into a bedroom and i would i'd i'd, I'd make it beautiful and i'd I'd prepare the room and I'd be praying and I'd be declaring, she's coming home, she's coming home. I'm declaring re- re- um, redemption and, and, and I'd cry and I'd pray and I'd cry and I'd, pre- I'd, get this, I'd, I'd be declaring it. And one day I was in her bedroom and the Lord said to me, he said, Catherine, I'm preparing a room for mine too. And I began to realise, whoa. This little bit that I'm feeling, this my passionate desire to see my child come home, doesn't even compare to the reality of how God feels. He says, I go to prepare a place for them. He is there. And, and th- then a few years later, or a year, yeah, a couple of years later, um, we'd, we'd started to, uh, you know, things had started to improve and she'd been out Um, somewhere and was coming out of um, I think she had been a boot camp breakup or something came out and um, some of our guys from church were just doing a prayer drive during that season I had so many people young people join our church and call me mama it was amazing and um, we had these people come out uh, and they were just doing a prayer drive they were fairly new to the church so they didn't know my daughter and as they were driving around, the Holy Spirit said, that one, go and pray for her. And as they drove past, they thought, oh, no, we won't. It's night time. She might be a bit freaked out if we approach her at night time, you know. And they rationalised it in their mind and they drove past and then the Lord said, no, go back. And so they, they turned around and, and she'd gone. She'd met a friend in the car park and they'd driven off around the corner to another car park and were stopped doing their makeup, getting ready to go out for dinner. And they said, Lord, where is she? And the Holy Spirit gave them directions to where they'd gone. And so they went and they found the car. They came up to the car and, um, and they said, please don't freak out. We're Christians. <laughs> we just felt like God wanted us to just bless you. And they began to prophesy over her and her friend. And so my daughter was like, this is awesome. You need to listen to them. She knew what it was. And at that very moment, I was at home praying for her. And then I got a phone call. After, as I finished praying, I got this phone call from her and she said, "Mom, you'll never believe what just happened. Because as they were prophesying, she said, Where do you guys go to church? <laughs> and they said, Oh, Glory City Church. It's awesome. You should come. She goes, Yeah, my mum's a pastor. <laughs> And, she, and just recently my daughter was in church testifying about that and and god has just so redeemed it and turned it around and and i but i i say that to tell you we need to wake up to the reality of what we are doing sometimes when it comes to the gifts of the spirit we think oh yeah i just want to be the man of faith for the power for the hour I'd love to see the sick healed and that's awesome that's a god desire but without love you've got nothing but if you jesus was moved with compassion and he healed them if we'd actually look at the lost, not as another person or somebody that we could try our gift on but as one of these ones that the father is weeping over, that, the, that Jesus is interceding for, that this, this is one of his beloved, he's one of his children, that, you know, when they, when they stopped to reach out to her, I took it personally. I felt like they'd done that to me. And every time someone would, would reach out to my child, I took it personally, like, oh you know, every time you stop for somebody and you love somebody, whether it be the checkout person and you just reach out and, set, and look at them and see them and say, how's your day? Can I just pray a blessing on you? You've done it to him. The Bible says, as much as you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. And I understand that much better than I ever could have before. And I tell you, during that season while she was gone, I saw more people come to Christ than I've ever seen in my whole life. And I tell you, God is faithful. He is faithful. You continue to look at Him. You continue to love Him. You continue to ask Him to give Him your heart. We used to sing that song, Break My Heart With What Breaks Yours. And I'm like, I God, sing that song. Because I'd sing that song and I believe when I ask about anything, I get it. And I'm like, God, I can't, I can't do the break my heart thing right now. I, I'm just being real. It's like, because I, I know what that's like. But now I do. I go, okay, yeah, God, break my heart with what breaks yours. Because I want to be moved with the compassion that moves your heart. Because it will move me to do great exploits for you. It will move me to be one who will reconcile them to you. Hallelujah. He loves us oh how he loves us. Hallelujah. But I just wanted to share um, a word with you. That was not what I was going to share. But I want to just share a little word with you. And we want to pray for people before we go today. If you would um, like to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. You know, I'm not actually um, a major extrovert. You might imagine that I am with the way I giggle and carry on. But my personality, I, you know, I'd rather actually just not have to talk to strangers if I don't have to. You know, I have to be in the right place to want to do that, you know, in the right frame of mind. But otherwise, I'm quite happy to keep to myself. And God knows me. He loves my personality. But you know what? I've got to learn. I've had to understand that, that I need to love people more than I love myself. And my desire for being comfortable and my desire for... for, and, And to break out of the cultural mode that says, well, I don't want to be a bother. I don't want to... You know, I just want to keep to myself. And you know what? In keeping to myself, I am being selfish. Because it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And if I have this hope on the inside of me, and I choose not to love the next one, then what I'm doing... Is is closing my eyes to this one that the Father is weeping over. Now I don't say that as a condemning thing or as a heavy, but there is a joy that's going to be found. You know, I, I talk all the time about experiencing love. And uh, you know, I prayed Ephesians chapter three, fourteen to twenty-one all that time, and I still do, that I might know the love of God that passes knowledge, I'd be filled to overflowing. But I want to tell you, you will never experience the fullness of love until you start loving. Because when you start loving people where you don't have to, that's when the fullness starts to flow. Hallelujah. There's another dimension of love that is just beyond. Mm -mm -mm. Matthew chapter 6. Are you good? Are you happy? Oh, God save Melbourne. (laughs) Do it, Daddy. Matthew chapter 6. You know this. Most of you would know this. Jesus is talking about how to pray. Oh, I tell you, I love to pray. Because when you know Him, when you know your God when you've discovered him as the one that is your life source, when you've found him as the comforter who wants to He's jealous to hear your thoughts. Your voice to him is lovely. When you've learned what it is to expose your heart to him about everything and you talk with him and you walk with him. In him I live and move and have my being. I do all my verbal processing with him. I get all my needs met in him. When I'm, I'm walking and talking with him, I discover his love causes my faith to explode because faith works by love. And it's very hard to have faith in somebody you don't really know. But when you know him, prayer gets really fun. Because whatever you ask, you have. Oh, and I'm just really waking up to this now. I've begun to realise how much I don't ask. I often worry about stuff and I don't even ask. And he's just jealous to help me. Like, And so now when I ask, I I get, like, wildly giddy with excitement because, like, oh, man, thanks for reminding me to ask about that because he is such a good father. So I take prayer really seriously because when I ask, I know God's going to do it. Oh, shakama. Shakama. Wake me up, Holy Spirit, that I might be fully aware of this incredible privilege I have of asking you. I'm his favorite. He can't help himself. So are you. You're the apple of his eye. You're the apple of his eye. Oh, you're so the apple of his eye. (laughs) And when you know it, like, whoa... But I love this, you know, I, I could spend hours just praying the Lord's Prayer. I, in fact, at midday every day I've got this little alarm that goes off to try and remind me just to stop and pray the Lord's Prayer. Not religiously, but just because I just want to wanna be reminding myself to ask. But I won't preach it all today. You could spend time, our Father, just stop there. Oh, oh, thanks, Daddy. I love being your daughter. Hallowed be your name. Just begin to pray about his name being lifted up and glorified in your thinking, in your life, in your word, in your actions, in your city, in your nation. Praying for your leaders that his name might be hallowed and lifted up. I mean, you can just go. But I want to focus today on this little, this little part that says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know, I, I believe... I have relationship with the Holy Spirit, and I love him. I, every day I, I like to walk and talk with him. I need, I need three meals a day and snacks when it comes to time with God, but I've definitely got to have set aside time, not just when I read the word, hear the word, but I've got to have time just to process and talk with God. And... um I, I talk with him about everything. And if I've, if I've done something that's grieved him, I, I, I tell him, oh God, I'm so sorry that I've done that. Forgive me. And I thank you right now. Oh, I'm clean. I'm free. But he says, forgive us our debt. Pray this. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And I really got struck with this a little while back. You know, sometimes when people hurt you, you think we can think to ourselves, "Well, I would forgive them if they would just acknowledge that they've done the wrong thing." I don't know if you've ever been like that. If they could just acknowledge that they've done the wrong thing and apologize, I'll forgive them." Or, um, I used to feel like, God, I'm really struggling with this forgive and forget thing, because if I forgive and forget, where is the justice? How are they ever going? How are, they might just do it again to somebody else? Like seriously, God, I don't think we should do the forgive and forget thing. I thought I was smarter than God, you know, and my sense of justice is like, oh, I don't want to let that go because like they need to, they need to learn a lesson. But God's ways are higher than our ways, guys, and He says, forgive your debtors. Very often, people have emotional debts that they owe you they owe me an apology they owe me to acknowledge that they hurt me they owe me have you ever felt like that someone owes me they owe me or they owe me to treat me better your husband your wife they owe me to love me and make me feel good they owe me, you know, because I've given my life to my spouse. My spouse owes me to make me feel good. They are debts. If, you've ever, if you ever feel like you ever get a, a should in your head, they should. They, my pastor should shake my hand at the door. He owes me. I pay my tithes. He owes me. I hope you don't have that attitude, but, you know, some people do. They they owe me. And if you ever get a thought in your mind that there's a should, they should do this. Or, Or I should get good service. I'm here. I'm a customer. They should give me good service. They should not talk to me like that. Whatever you get a should, you can be absolutely justified. That's right. They should. That would be the right thing to do. They should do that. Your children should respect you. Your parents should do this. They should da-da-da-da-da. I was a bit like this um, with my family. My mum um, was never really sort of like, a, you know, a person that was into kids. And I, I'd see these grandmas that just like, oh, I'm so excited my grandkids are coming over. And I had in my head, she should really like to babysit but she doesn't. I had this should, she should. She should like that. She should be like this. She should be like other mothers that like to invite you over and have dinner and cook food and, you know, have you over. They just don't do that. It's like... And you get into the self-pity. Woe is me, dysfunctional family, blah, blah, blah. I'm just being real. I love my mum. She's awesome. But I had this should... In my head, she should be like this. It's not fair that she's not like that. Have you ever had thoughts like that in your head? They should. They should come and visit me. They should do this. They should do that. Well, I want to challenge you the Holy Spirit wants to give you grace to forgive your debtors. It's an opportunity. Every time you see that, you have an opportunity that you can get excited about. God, this is an opportunity for me to experience another level of love. I get to forgive a debt. This is my opportunity to be like Jesus. It's an exciting opportunity. Oh, God just as exciting as it is I get to open the deaf ears and oh I love to do I love to see God heal I get so excited about that but I can get just as excited about oh I get to be like Jesus by forgiving their debt and I take the pain and I forgive their debt and then I sow it in faith Saying, oh God, you said in your word for my former shame, pain and disgrace, you give me double recompense. So I sow that too. I forgive their debt and I sow it and say, thank you, God. Double favor, double recompense comes for me. You're going to make it all work out for good. Because he says he makes all things work together for the good who love of, of those who love him and called according to his purpose. Me, there's me. So everything, in everything, I can rejoice. There isn't anything that happens that I can't rejoice about if I actually believe the Bible that says he makes all things work together for my good. Hallelujah. I've seen it happen over and over again. The scripture tells us in Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. It's such a wonderful, wonderful scripture. But you know what? It's a way of life. I was talking yesterday about living in the joy of our salvation, actually deliberately exploring what it is to daily be fully aware and fully awake about what it means for me to be saved so I might experience the fullness of the joy of my salvation on a daily moment-by-moment basis. So that I can rejoice, regardless of my circumstances, I can rejoice and be glad in it. I prophesy my day every day when I wake up. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Because I know what I say I have. Hallelujah. And so, you know, I was just having a cup of tea the other day with um, some friends of mine who are who are missionaries. And, you know, it's so good to spend time with, with people who love Jesus. So important. You need to surround yourself with people like this. And they told this little story. They were saying that, you know, they were in, I, I won't mention the country, um, but, you know, it's a, a place that was not open to the gospel. And they were uh, um, working over there and, and, and doing a great work for God. But they had to get their son's passport and renewed with the Australian Embassy and, and also get the visa for the country they were in re-into re it. And it was sort of a complicated thing. They had a very short time span to do it. And so he, um, he tells a story. He got on the train. It was a long journey to get um, over the border. He went to the consulate, dropped the passport off. They said, fine, it'll be ready in five days. He had that day organised, then five days later to go and get the passport. He knew he had a small window of time to get the passport, get a new visa in it. And uh, so he organised his day. And it turned out that everything just started to go wrong that day. There was, you know, the, the train was late. There was too many people. And he finally got to the embassy one minute before it was supposed to close. And when he got there, he got there up to the 23rd floor and discovered that there was a sign on the door saying, um, closed due to national holiday. And the, the country that he had to cross into had a national holiday that day. He didn't know it was before the days of internet. And, um, and his heart just sank. He was so frustrated and so upset. And he went back out into the foyer ready to... He was going to just bang the lift button in frustration. And the Lord whispered to him, he said, Rejoice! He goes, yeah, thank you, Jesus, I rejoice. The Lord said, come on, rejoice in everything, be glad. I will rejoice in you and be glad, I will extol your love more. He began to just sing an old old chorus. And the Lord whispered to him, he says, are you really rejoicing? I thought, all right. I rejoice in you, I rejoice in your salvation. I rejoice that you are good and you are my God. And then he went to go and press the button again. The Holy Spirit said, come on, let's rejoice. And so he started to do a song and a dance out, up there on the, on the floor. He knew there were security cameras, but he didn't. He just, and he began to actually remember, oh, yes, God, I am so grateful that you died for me. I'm so thankful for your love for me. And then finally he says, can I press the button now, oh, God? And the Lord says, yeah. So he pressed the button and he got in the lift. As he got in the lift, there was another Australian lady in the lift. And he struck up a conversation with her and she said, actually, I work for the Australian embassy and, and we're on the, a floor above. He said, but how come you're here? It's a public holiday. She said, oh, I had extra work. And um, he, as they're going down, he started to tell the story about what had happened. She asked why he was there. And when they nearly got to the bottom of the... the um, building, she felt in the pocket and went, you know what, I've got, a, I've got a key for that level. If you want, we can go up and see. If you've already paid for it, we could go and see if, if the passport's there. So they went back up, she opened the door, bang, passport's there, he took it, <laughs> was able to go home. <laughs> and if he hadn't been rejoicing, there's no way he would have met her in the lift. Then he got to go on the, the train on the way home. There was such a big crowd that he missed his train. They were pushing, they were shoving. There was people abusing him and um, got on the train and, and finally, finally they, um, were, uh, the, the train stopped before it went over the border and they said, no, we've closed the border because there's too many people. And he, had no, he didn't have a credit card or anything, um, no, no money to be able to stay overnight, just enough money to get a bit of food. And he was so tired that he just thought, oh, I'm going to just sit down on the, pla- on the train and-, and everybody got off. And he accidentally nodded off. And then suddenly, a little while later, the train moved. All the lights were off. The train moved and went to another station. And he went, oops. And then they opened the doors and he got off. And he was at this other station. And as he got off the train... He had his little bag that he was carrying and it was all broken from all the crowds. And he got off the train he went, I'm going to rejoice, God. I can't call my wife. I can't tell anybody that I'm here. But I'm going to rejoice that you're so good. Thanks, Lord, for all the good things you do for me. Gets off the train and he's doing this little dance as he goes, I rejoice in you, God. I rejoice. And he hears this American call out to him and he says, hey, can I talk to you? And he says, oh, yeah. Um, I haven't got anything else to do, sure. (laughs) And the guy comes out and he says, "Um, I saw you on the security camera. I was in the train station. And he said, I'm I'm just trying to negotiate with the guy to give me refund for 20 people who were supposed to cross the border. He said, secretly, it's because we were going to go and smuggle Bibles. But um, I could see you doing this little dance as you got off the train. I went, I bet he's a Christian. He said, do you want to come and stay with me? Do you need a place to stay tonight? Turns out they ended up becoming best friends. Isn't that lovely? You see, you could get upset. Oh, God, they should have been, they should have, they should not have crossed the border. They shouldn't have done this, da, da, da. You could have this awful attitude and have a terrible day. Or you can forgive your debtors. You can decide, I'm going to live in joy. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. In all things, I'm going to be glad. Hallelujah. I'm going to give thanks. I'm going to be deliberate. You know, as we travel around, um, we just always, as a family and as a team, we're just always encouraging each other that we're not doing ministry. We're being Jesus. And if one of us gets a bit frustrated about something gently we're all encouraging and reminding each other hey remember you're like Jesus remember you're like Jesus well that's right that's right I am too (laughs) that's right I'm not frustrated I'm not angry I'm, I'm I'm like Jesus and it's such a beautiful way to live when we remember it's no longer we who live but Christ who lives in us amen hallelujah are you encouraged The gospel is simple, but it is so powerful if you actually just believe it. I'm all all about applying the scripture to your life because I'm so not about being puffed up with knowledge. If you would just take what you've got and use it. Oh, wow. The world is waiting for people who'd actually just believe. actually just step into the reality of it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me it's so wonderful it's so powerful so father I ask holy spirit give us wisdom give us revelation holy ghost oh father thank you that you forgive us our debts And Lord, we just release the debts of those, Lord, who owe us. Those who owe us to respect us and haven't respected us. Those who owe us kindness and haven't given it. Those who owe us, Lord, we release them and we get the joy of forgiving their debts before they even acknowledge that they've done it. (laughs) Because that's like you. God, we release, we forgive, we bless. Hallelujah. I really used to struggle with the whole forgiveness thing. I'd try to forgive, I'd try to forgive, and then I'd think about it again. And I'd go, ah, duh, I haven't really forgiven. But actually, when you understand that you've been crucified with Christ, it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. You don't even have to analyze your feelings anymore. Because Christ in me has already forgiven them, so I just give the forgiveness he's already given me. I don't even have to find it in my own heart because it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That will set you free. Seriously, I struggled for months and months trying to forgive people until finally I got that revelation. Hey, I haven't got it in me to forgive them. So thank God it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me and he hasn't got any issues with releasing it. Oh, (laughs) hooray. I reckon myself dead. And he comes and he says, you feel like this, you feel like that. Actually, that's who I used to be. But now, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So you are too late to bring that stuff. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.